Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our live broadcast. Today we are on to Sutta number 58 in the Gutra Nikaya Book of Ones. We got a whole bunch here that we have to go through. And each one says that there's one thing. It doesn't see anything that. Uh, sorry, just a second. I'm going to turn off the fan here. Did you hear that? Buddha says, I don't see one thing that is equal to all of these things. These are the things that give rise to wholesomeness, wholesome qualities and unwholesome qualities. So we've got pairs here. What is the one thing that gives rise, that causes unarisen, unwholesome qualities to arise and arisen, wholesome qualities to decline? The number one thing is heedlessness, bamada, negligence, lack of awareness, lack of alertness, lack of mindfulness. And one is un one is heedless. Unarisen wholesome unarisen unwholesome qualities arise, and arisen wholesome qualities decline. when our minds are distracted, when we lose the present moment, we lose the thread of our experience and get caught up in conception. We experience seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, thinking, this is real. This is now, this is here. And when we're heedful, when we're mindful, we're with, we're with reality, we're, we're with the experience. We're, our minds are clear, our minds are pure. But when we lose that thread, when we get lost, when we're, when we're negligent, when we neglect to stay present through the defilements and delusions, then we get caught up in past and future. We get caught up in I and me and mine, ahankara, mamankara, making me, making I, making I, making mine turning things into I, this is I, this I am, I'm this, this is me, this is mine. And 
or through liking or disliking or whatever, we get lost, lost in conception. As a result of getting lost, then, all, then, then there's room for all these things to arise, liking and disliking. Because they can only arise based on conception. When you're focused on ultimate reality, when you see things as they are, there's nothing to cling to. It's not only that things aren't worth clinging to, it's that there's no chance to cling. Something arises and then it ceases, and that which arises is not desirable or, or fearsome. It's actually quite meaningless. There's no meaning to be found in it. But the opposite, of course, when when one is heedful, the next sutta is when one is heedful, then unarisen wholesome qualities arise and arisen unwholesome qualities decline. When you're heedful, when you're mindful, even of the unwholesome qualities, the unwholesome qualities decline. You can be caught up in greed, lust, anger, frustration, rage, fear, worry, anxiety. And as soon as you're aware of it, as soon as you're clear that that's what it is, as soon as you see the experiences as they are, you free yourself from the cycle of feeding into the emotion, and it declines. And all sorts of good, good qualities replace it, qualities of strength, qualities of purity, wisdom. So those are the first two, Heed, heedlessness or negligence and vigilance, I'd say. Pamada and appamada. The next two are laziness and arousal of energy. Laziness is similar to heedlessness, but it's because we're lazy, because we don't continue to, because we can't keep up. It's, it takes effort to stay present. If your mind is inclined to cling, you have to work. Like the Buddha said, like a tree that's leaning in the wrong direction. You have to work to pull it have it lean in the other direction, otherwise it'll fall the wrong way all the time. So you have to work. Once you work hard enough, then it'll begin to incline in the right direction. And then it will fall in the right direction. Then you don't have to work. But the work has to be done. If you're lazy, you'll get lost in your old habits. The next two are Mahichatta and Apichatta. The commentary says, no, yes. Now the Vibhanga says, strong desire is lack of contentment, excessive desire with regard to robes, alms food, dwelling places, medicines, and the five objects of sensual pleasure. No, it just means desire. You have lots of desires, lots of ambitions, many wants, many needs. So many unwholesome things come from it. Crookedness comes from it. 
manipulation, manipulating others, quarreling comes from it, fighting with others, jealousy comes from it, stinginess comes from it, oppression, repression, fear, anxiety, boredom, depression, all these things come from desire. You want things, you can't get them. You want things, you get them. Whether you get them or don't get them, bad things come from desires. If you get them, more desire comes. Addiction comes. If you don't get them, aversion, frustration, depression, rage, anger, fear, worry, anxiety. But when you have fewness of wishes, all these things go away. You cultivate having fewness of wishes. This means like, well, it goes along with the next ones. The next two are non-contentment and contentment. Now, contentment is a wonderful word and a wonderful quality. Of course, we've talked, I've talked about before many times about how there are certain types of contentment that are bad. If you're content in terms of being complacent, content with your progress, well, there's still more to do, then that's not good. You should be discontent about your progress and always strive on for further progress. But discontent about your situation, about your experiences, and by extension, your possessions and relationships and your, even your physical and mental state, your body, your mind, discontent, a big problem. Buddha said one of those qualities that is incomparable in terms of how, how, how uh, how it causes unwholesome qualities to arise and wholesome qualities to decline. Contentment is, is a big part of the difference between boredom and peace. Because if you're bored, it, it's, it's probably the same situation that would bring you peace, right? If you're bored, it means there's nothing interesting, nothing exciting. But when you're at peace, it has to be this, for the same reason because you're not agitated by anything. Why can't you be at peace with that which you find boring? The difference is discontent and strong desire. The next two are careless attention and careful attention. I think this is yonisomanasikara and yonisomanasikara. Right? Let's see, next... Yeah, yoni somanasikaro, yoni somanasikaro. We've been over this. Yoni means to the womb or to the root. So it means wise attention and unwise attention. If you have wise, if you have wise attention, keeping things in mind properly, this is important. It doesn't mean you should just pay attention. If you have the wrong kind of attention, bad things come to you. And this is in terms of seeing things as me, as mine, 
as good, as bad, as right, as wrong, instead of just thing, seeing things as impermanent, unsatisfying, uncontrollable, not worth clinging to, not any, not with any meaning, seeing things simply as they are, according to the experience. The next two are asampajanyang and sampajanyang. Asampajanya means clear comprehension. It refers to the wisdom that comes from being mindful. When you're mindful, there's a clear awareness of it is this. It is what it is. The, the seeing something as it is. When you say to yourself, rising, seeing it only as rising, and seeing it and being there with it, instead of being lost somewhere else. That's sampajanya. When you lift your foot, you say lifting. Being aware of the lifting, knowing that this is the lifting of the foot, knowing it as it is, that's sampajanya. It means knowing it that it's, it's not permanent, it's not stable, it's not controllable, it's not satisfying. There's nothing beyond that. There's only the lifting. There's no other salient quality to it. you don't have that, you get lost. This is part of what causes us to be lost because we see things as entities. And we get caught up in we got caught up in get caught up in unwholesomeness as a result. Next two are bad friendship and good friendship. We've all heard this one before. Many of us have heard this, no? How important good friendship is. This is what's great about this community. So here we are all around the world and we can come together as good friends, supporting each other in the practice, encouraging each other in the practice, guiding each other, supporting each other. This is very important. No? This is the kind of thing we should cultivate. It's not like our Facebook friends. They can be any kind of person. Or even our friends in, in, in real life, no? in our life. Oftentimes those friends are from childhood or from work or from school. And sometimes... Uh, we don't get to choose our friends and if we're not careful we can fall in with the wrong crowd and cultivate bad friendship friendship that is no no benefit to us and no benefit to others for one with bad friends unarisen wholesome unwholesome qualities arise and arisen wholesome qualities decline because we imitate each other, we, this is how our mind works, we learn from each other. We bounce off of each other. We reflect off of each other. We rub off on each other. On the other hand, if you have good friends, then good qualities rub off and you're reminded of good things. You're encouraged in good things. Good things come to, to all. Finally, 
we only have two more to go and then we're going to skip the next two so the last two uh, kind of clever actually i did not see a single thing that causes unarisen unwholesome qualities to arise and arisen wholesome qualities to decline as the pursuit of unwholesome qualities and the non-pursuit of wholesome qualities this just simplifies everything down when you when you pursue bad things bad things come from it it's basically our pursuit and this the the, the, the message here i mean it's quite a Seems almost like a tautology, but the message here is uh, that our direction, how we direct our mind, has an impact on our future. We are the uh, architects of our future. We are the source of who we are. And it's not someone else, it's not genetics or biology, it's not even past lives. It's what we do now, where we go now. If we incline towards unwholesomeness, that's what's going to bring unwholesomeness. There's no mystery to it. If you incline towards wholesomeness, wholesomeness comes from it. This is why in meditation you don't have to worry about what is it going to come from it. You have to ask yourself, are what I'm doing pure, good, clear? All the good will come. You do your work, you get paid. Which I've said again and again, but bears repeating because it's one of the biggest questions that people ask. Anyway, speaking of questions, I think we have quite a few, so we'll stop there and go ahead and answer some people's questions. I think we have one from last night. Someone, unfortunately, just got on just as we were leaving. We have one. I do. When it comes to formal meditation, are we supposed to eventually drop noting? In other words, noting of rising, falling, etc. Well, you know what? I don't think you're going to be heard on the on the on the. Shoot! I don't think you're going to be heard because I've got this set up wrong now. The audio is not going to have your voice. Um, no, we're not supposed to ever drop noting. The noting of rising and falling. The, the only time you drop the meditation, because that's the meditation technique. I don't. It's kind of kind of a shame that this sort of idea came about when. That's really the meditation technique, and if you stop, you stop meditating. And this is going by the books, that the only time you stop um, with the actual meditation is once you enter into the jhana. So in our case, it's once you enter into Lokuttara jhana, when you, when you attain Nibbana. Apart from that, there's no reason to give up. There's absolutely no reason to give it up. People give it up because they have the inclination that it's more comfortable not to. so they give the have the idea that it's somehow better but it's a challenge it's the challenge that we want it's a challenge to being clearly and purely mindful and creating this yoni somanasikara creating wise attention clear comprehension 
you know, it depends. There are other opinions, but this is my opinion. And as far as I understand from the teachers that I've had and read, no, we don't give up there. I don't see any reason why we would. While meditating, I reach a point of concentration where I begin to feel weightlessness, tingling, and joy. My mind suddenly detaches and starts trying to analyze the experience, and I lose all concentration. This has been happening for the last couple of months. Can you please give advice on what might be the root of this issue? Well, it's not really, it's not really a concern as to what is the root of the issue. I mean, the question is how you're reacting to it. If you, if you start to analyze the experience, well, that's where you're going wrong. And probably even before that, you're going wrong. I mean, when you, when you feel weightlessness, are you saying to yourself, feeling, feeling? If you're tingling, do you say to yourself, tingling, tingling? If you feel joy, do you say to yourself, happy, happy? Are you even meditating the way we teach? If not, then there's not much I can do for you. I'd recommend you to read my booklet and consider practicing that way. If you are, then uh, you know that, that's probably where your problem is, is that you're not actually being mindful of those things according to the technique. If you do, you'll find it gets a lot better. Those kind of situations. It doesn't matter what's causing it. It's not important. It's just a matter of how you react to it because lots of different things will happen. Bhante, lately when I meditate, I experience things like being neither man nor woman, but mere awareness and falling of gaps in the mind stream. Can this be considered as progress? And should one even be concerned with progress, or should one rather just be focused on practicing? Yeah, there's different opinions. Uh, there's an interesting passage in the Visuddhimagga. Some, some teachers say you should tell your students, yes, that's a sign of progress, and others say you should say, well, just keep practicing. Because sometimes if you tell them it's a sign of progress, they will they will slack off. So that's a question you have to pose to yourself. That's a something you have to keep in mind. Don't be too concerned with progress because you'll get uh, lax, you'll get content, complacent. Um, but yeah, it sounds like actually quite a quite a, a powerful sort of state. I guess the point is that power, you know, good states, states of clarity and states of pure awareness will come and they'll come as a result of the practice. But as soon as you shift from practicing to appreciating the state that you're in, you've stopped practicing. And because you've stopped practicing, you're going to fall back. And anyway, as long as you have unwholesomeness, you're going to fall back and the state is going to disappear. So certainly don't don't concern yourself much with it you shouldn't be surprised i mean success comes from practice but just keep practicing sometimes in my sitting practice i don't feel i it's not like i'm i anymore it's like i'm everything i feel like everything that surrounds me feels like dissipating at first, but then don't feel like myself or my mind, just feel like I'm everything. And sometimes looks like I'm in the void. I feel that the void is me. What does this mean? 
You see, that's the problem, is that you're asking, what does it mean? You're, you're, you're assuming that it means something. You're, you're, you're applying meaning to something that's meaningless. Experiences are meaningless. When you have these feelings, they're just feelings. They might be good, they might be bad. It doesn't really matter. For the practice, even good things we have to be mindful of. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a sign of progress, for example. But all of this idea that I am everything and I am the void, this is all extrapolation. It's just a feeling. And when you have the feeling, you should remind yourself that's a feeling. If you're thinking or if you like it or dislike it, you should be mindful of all that. These are just experiences. They come and they go. You could say they're good, but it's not really useful to do so. It's much more useful just to be mindful of them and continue on because you know good things are going to come bad things are going to fade away. So we were talking about just now. When you offer flowers, isn't it bad since they had to be picked or cut? Is it okay to use fake flowers instead? You know, um, I mean, cutting flowers isn't unwholesome. They're not in pain because of it. They're not sentient beings. But uh, even if they were, once they're cut, they're dead. I mean, we're not trying to fix the world. If something's dead, you can use it. Just don't kill. But you know, killing flowers isn't really killing. Did the Buddha teach anything about dealing with very cold or very hot temperatures? It's almost 40 degrees Celsius, and I switch on the climatization while meditating. Now the Buddha did say you should be, you should be, uh, you should bear with hot and with cold, not reacting to it. In uh, in in Chom Tong, the huts would get up to about 40 inside. We imagine being in the room that's it's 40 inside. It's like an oven. And you just have to meditate through it. And we try to keep things comfortable. You don't want things to be too difficult. So here we try to keep things fairly comfortable. During the afternoon here we have the air conditioning on for a few hours. Um, the other thing is you want to if you're living in a house, you have to keep the smell and that kind of thing. So. And for all the Americans that are saying 40, what are you talking about? That's like mm -hmm. 104, right? 104 Celsius or 104 Fahrenheit. I don't know, is it? It's up there, yeah. I've noticed that after trying to meditate according to your instructions, I've been feeling better mentally, but the salience of my bad qualities have been greatly intensified. I suppose that I shouldn't try to resist them, but do you think that they will go away as I continue to practice meditation, especially if they seem to be part of my personality? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you don't have to doubt about that because you're doing good things. It's, what you have to be clear about is that good things lead to good results. And if you're not clear about that, get that clear in your mind. Because the meditation is good. The meditation is, is a state of clarity. And so there should be no doubt as to whether good things are going to come from it. 
You don't have to you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry about the bad things that come up while you're meditating because they're part of your personality, right? They're part of your past. They're part of the habits that you've cultivated from the past. They're not, they're not coming from the practice. It would be ridiculous to think that they were. And we do sometimes, but you have to see how ridiculous that is because the meditation is good. It's pure. There should be no question. You can feel it. You can see, what am I doing? I'm not instigating evil things. I'm not cultivating corrupt minds. I'm cultivating clear awareness. This is this. This is this. This is lifting. This is moving. There's such clarity and purity with it. You don't have to doubt. Don't worry about the bad things. Get Come on, be strong. You should be strong in the knowledge that, the, the, the perfect knowledge that what you're doing is right. I know, I mean, it's kind of, kind of um, condescending, I suppose, to say, uh, to expect people to, you know, condescending, but it's facetious, I don't know. Uh, simplistic to expect people, or is it naive to, to assume that people can um, just fall into perfect faith in what they're doing. But I think it's important, this is where faith comes in, and confidence. But it comes from uh, reminding yourself, what you're doing is good. And there's no question, it's not, you don't even have to believe me, because it's good. You know, try it, look and see. You can't deny that it's good. And once you see that it's good, don't worry about what comes from it. You think, oh my gosh, it's good, but it's le you know it's leading me to this. How could it? How could it lead to bad things? How could it make you angry and upset and lustful? The reason they all come out is because you you stop repressing them. You, know, you stop avoiding them. So sure, they all come out. You've got something more powerful than them. Hmm continuing to be mindful and you're invincible you're, you're impervious to all of the unwholesomeness in your mind I'm still uncertain about walking meditation I know as stepping right stepping left but once someone becomes proficient can one know as lifting stepping placing is one way better thanks yeah, I mean, when we do a course, we'll lead people through from stepping right, stepping left, all the way up to actually six parts walking. So that's why that's one of the reasons I created the online courses, just to get people who couldn't come to do courses here to get them through the technique all the way up to the sixth walking step. So if you're interested, I'd recommend, you can just do third walking step, fourth walking, whatever you want, but you want to do it systematically you could sign up for one of our online courses and uh, take i'll take you through them get you up to lifting moving placing in no time or even better come and do a course here i have a question bante hmm. i know some of the it team volunteers have been working on a new platform mm -hmm. is there a a plan to migrate over and start using that or is it still being tested? I think um, I just talked to um, Martin about it today and he said uh, it depends on how comfortable we are with the way it is. Have you seen it? I haven't, uh, no. Coming, it's just slowly 
I, let me see. Oh, yeah, it was a private conversation here. Um, all right. He, he made me set up a an organization on GitHub, which I've done. Um, so now he's part of the organization. We need to know what Doug's up to. So we have to make a hangout with Doug. That's, I guess, our next step. So at some point, there will be a migration. And when people try to sign on to this, it, this won't be active anymore? Well, on the same site, it'll just suddenly look different. And they won't, you'll have to sign up again. Oh, OK. It'll be in the same place. It'll just be different. Same same idea, but it'll be a different layout. And there'll probably be a few things that don't work anymore that, that aren't implemented yet. Sounds good. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to push for it to, to be ready before September. Hopefully um, the next month we can get everything. I mean, it's working. It's just a matter of getting it set up, getting it in place. I guess that's it, no? No more questions? I think we're all caught up on questions. Okay. Thank you all for tuning in. Wish you a good night. See you all tomorrow. Thanks good night. Good night. Thank you, Bhante. Thank you.